This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, then give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Welcome to 51st Dates. This is your host, Jolie Moore, and this is episode 19. I've had a long week. I don't know. Maybe they're all long right now. And um, I spend a lot of time thinking about dating. I'm still not ready to go back out there and COVID and, you know, vaccines and whatever craziness going on um, doesn't necessarily encourage that. Although I'm not saying people aren't dating during COVID and shouldn't. I uh, am just taking a hiatus. But one of those things happened this week that I sort of need to parse out. So in this book, and we'll get to it later, um, there's a recurring (laughs) guy. And, you know, at the end of uh, 2019, I was like, I'm done. I'm done mucking around with these guys. And here we are in 2021. And, you know, every so often he reaches out and, uh, well, it's been over a year since I slept with them. So maybe, you know, time, time passes. Um, every so often he reaches out and I do not have the ability to not do anything. So I did commit to not reaching out to him. And to me, that is a huge, uh, win, but whenever he reaches out, I don't have the ability to not do it. And it's always on a day that's really hard and, Okay, this sounds creepy, and it's I don't even know how to explain it, but some whenever I think of him, he texts, and it's the bizarrest thing. And the minute he texts, I know that it's him, and um, it's generally innocuous. I mean, we, we have lots of conversations about lots of things. Um, this time it was like politics, because that's, it is what it is. Um, and But we talk about politics, we talk about art, we talk about movies, we talk about stuff. And he is delightful, but I really, okay, so I'm not a person that blocks. So all these articles on relationships, and even when I was doing the relationship autopsy, one of the things they suggest you do is that you contact the people, and I will do that, Um, that you unfriend them on social media. And if they're crazy, I'll do that. Um, But the people who I met during the dating process who are lovely and delightful, I have not cut them on social media, and I do talk to them. Um, with no like expectation of anything. And, uh, but you know, the people on here who are like a mess, I cut them like a cancer, but I also mute everyone on social media. Um, except for my friends, I mute a lot of people. So I don't have to hear any political rants, any personal rants, any vegan rants, any rants. I I don't do rants. Um, but I also block people that I know that if I saw what they were doing, it would be like a poke. So I will not unfriend them, but I will certainly mute them. And then you never see them on social media. And um, it's, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So, but I never block people from my phone. And I don't know, like, you're supposed to block them. And I'm like, 
okay i'm an adult like i don't need to block people for my phone like the stalkery people like no no i they're blocked don't worry but i don't block them and for the most part i think people even though they didn't seem to have any boundaries in any relationship i was in with them do have boundaries and don't contact me and then there's this guy so (laughs) who i like i thought to myself oh if i blocked him then he would message and I would never respond and that would be the end of it. But I like him as a person. Um, and so here we go. But I think I thought to myself, because like, it's so easy like right now during like the whole COVID thing to like fall into bed with somebody who you've already been in bed with. You know like what there is, what you need to know about them. And I've like been debating because, you know, I don't think he texted me to discuss all these things. I mean, we have like lively conversations, but I don't think that's the reason he texted me. Presumably he has friends f- with whom he can have lively conversations about politics or religion or whatever. Um, but I know what's coming next. Like, I know like the next text is going to be like, hey, we should have sex. And I think I need to say no. And this is going to be the hardest thing I've ever had to do because I really think I need to say no and I really think I need to say and I've already had the conversation I mean later in this book we'll talk about it I already had the conversation I've had the conversation twice um but I think I need to have a third conversation where it's like no no I was really serious we can't sleep together anymore I find you delightful but as an emotionally available person I can't waste my time and I need to spend my time healing figuring out what I want and only pursuing things with people who are emotionally available or open to a relationship with me. Um, but I'm finding it's a little harder than I thought. So all I do is like twisting in the wind. And now I can see why you block them. Because if I block them, then I wouldn't like be twisting in the wind over whether or not I should make a decision whether I can see this person anymore and continue the uh, casual relationship. I don't know. So that's <laughs> that's how that's been. Um but maybe I'm thinking maybe in a few weeks, um, I may be ready to try to start dating. But I think what I need to do, and I was just listening to a podcast about this driving in my car right now. Um, I think what I need to do is really have very strong boundaries and ask all the questions that are impolitic, like, hey, are you married? Okay, if you're not married, are you secretly married? Hey, okay, are you separated and pretending you're divorced? Hey, do you, even if you aren't married and are divorced, are you like pining for your ex and I'm going to have to listen to you talk about her all the time? Um, hey, do you have like an active addiction? Hey, you know, and I don't, I don't know how to ask these questions or rather I think I need to pay attention. And I'm also contemplating some of these other things. So the, you know, the Aussie who uh, I talked about a few episodes ago. So I was texting with him about who knows, just stuff, life. And one of the things, so I was like scrolling back through some old texts because I was trying to find, figure something out. And um, about a date we talked about, not not a date, date, like a, a, a day of the month. <laughs> we were trying to discuss a date, but he's in Australia. So obviously that's always like one off. And that's, I think I was trying to figure out a specific date that we were talking about. But when I was scrolling back through the texts, oh, um, when we had been talking about me entering into a relationship, he gave me the unsolicited advice, and I think he said it, um, and I think it's in this book, but he gave me the unsolicited advice of go slowly. And at the time, I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? 
but I think there may be something to that, which means he's way healthier than me. Um, I think that what I need to do is ask more questions, go more slowly, and maybe not sleep with them right away, which, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so maybe not sleep with them right away. Um, there are all these like articles and studies that suggest that the flood of hormones that you get when you sleep with someone like the oxytocin and vasopressin and all these other things, you know, this flood of like feel good hormones makes you particularly blind to red flags. And like to me, I was like, I don't know if this is true, but I was like brushing my teeth this morning and I was thinking maybe there is something to that. Like maybe it's not so much I don't hear them. Like people are like, hey, these are my red flags and they're flying. And I do hear it, but I ignore it. But I thought I was ignoring it because I had this like unworthy thing where like, well, this is the best I can do. The best I can do is crap, guys. Um, so maybe that's part of it. That That is probably the most assuredly part of it. But I'm starting to think that maybe if I'm not sleeping with them, that I can pay more attention to what they say and not ignore it and think, ah, hell, whatever, let's get to the sex, and then we'll think about this other shit later. So I'm seriously considering that maybe if I meet somebody and um, I have an interest in them, that I need to go slowly, like I need to like only see them a few hours at a time, um, because I tend to like, I talk a lot, and I tend to like spend too much time with people, I guess, um, in the beginning of a relationship. So go more slowly, spend less time, text less. I really want to text less. There's like texting guys. I don't know if I can take it. Um, and then maybe also not sleep with them. Like maybe not like, you know, in the first month, first date, second date, whatever. We can have a whole lot of conversations about that. But and then maybe I would be more clear headed to make decisions around uh, whether or not they were appropriate for me. Um but see, then, that, then I'm always like, but hey, I can still have casual sex with this other guy while I'm sorting that out. And I understand for many reasons that probably doesn't work. Um, but that's an interesting take on it. It's just that, well, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm old and I want to get in all the sex I can before I die and before like I atrophy. But whatever. Um, so that's just, uh, the newest thought that maybe there's something to this whole go slow, take your time, keep your eyes peeled sort of thing. It's what I'm thinking about. And also I need to stay out of these, uh, casual arrangements. Oh, that feels sort of, sort of lonely. Like I don't mind being alone. Yeah. You know, I, I, Yeah. I'll think about that. So, uh, let's move on to the next date. Ready? Let's go. Chapter 18. No first dates. Weekend of March 24. I didn't have the time or energy for first dates this weekend. I'd made plans a few weeks before to see a play with Classic Car Guy. I was looking forward to it because I hadn't seen him for two weeks. He'd elevated push-pull to varsity levels. The previous weekend, I hadn't seen him at all. He said that some personal issues with his ex had put him in a frame of mind that didn't make him a good company. But he paired that with all sorts of sexy texting about the times we'd been together in bed. 
from the previous weekend. Classic car. I think we need more lovemaking. Me? And more exercise. Classic car. Keep the exercise. I'll keep the lovemaking. Me? Promises, promises. Classic car. Smarty pants? I don't think I ever promise and not deliver. Wow. So I didn't take that bait. I think I could write a whole series of blog posts on my opinion on that. My response last weekend had been more democratic. Me? Alrighty then. Classic car. We woke up feisty today. Me? Very true. I'm always extra feisty. Classic car. What a nice day today. Me? It's beautiful outside. Thinking face emoji. There's no more cleaning to do at my place, and you got me all hot and bothered with your flirty texting. Classic car. You're lucky I'm not there. I was thinking the same. I'd love to be inside you at this very moment. Me? But how do I get that? Needless to say, I didn't get that. He went on to buy a grill or make soup or something that didn't involve me. It was that frustration that led me to last week's date. This week, he was back in it. I'd sent a text confirming that we were going to get together, and he replied, of course, because we had a plan. He texted and called first thing Friday morning with a plan. He'd see a guy about repairing his first car, go to a doctor's appointment, then he'd head my way. His relationship with time remained loose, but not too bad. He'd be at my house with his overnight bag if I did him a single favor, order him Salvadoran food. I hadn't had Salvadoran food in years, and not near where I was living now in West Hollywood, but I was a resourceful writer who really wanted to see the guy she liked, so I figured it was a pretty fair trade-off. I got his pupusas, chicharrones, and fried plantains. He got to my house by five. Despite the two-week hiatus, he looked as good as I remembered. He hung up his garment bag in my closet, then we sat down and ate. He was happy eating food he'd grown up with, and I was happy to sit next to him and chat. 45 minutes later, he took himself to my bathroom and showered. Then he put on his own bathroom and got all dressed up. He looked amazing and smelled even better. I drove us a few miles to the Geffen. You have a heavy foot, he said as we exited the parking lot. I do like to drive fast, I said. There's a shortcut if you don't mind walking through the Target Alley. Make sure we don't run into your other boyfriends, he quipped. I let that one slide. I wasn't sure if he was fishing or joking, but either way, I wasn't going to bite. He grabbed my hand and I led the way. He held my hand or my arm or leg while we watched a production that showcased the music of Nat King Cole. For two good hours, there wasn't a moment when we weren't in skin-to-skin contact. We came back to my place and watched a little bit of comedy on Netflix. He did that thing he always did when he was with me. He was laser-focused on me. No phones, no other distractions. The sex the first time that night was amazing, all the more so because it had been two long weeks and I'd seen him last, and Day Trader hadn't been up for a one-night stand. Ten or twenty minutes after, we were both breathing normally. I felt his erection against my backside. Can I sleep inside you? It was the single, oddest request I'd ever had in bed. You think that's going to work? I felt rather than saw him nod in the dim light. It 100% definitely did not work. Not that time, nor the time after that. He was in a talkative mood the next morning. Have you been married before? He asked. Before what? I've only been married once. I sat up and pulled the pillow to my chest. He'd asked a question not because he wanted an answer, but because he wanted to tell me something. I knew all about that tactic. I got married at 20, he admitted, in Vegas. I'm 900% sure my eyebrows shut up to my hairline. By Elvis, he added. Of course, by Elvis. In leather pants. Tight leather pants? He nodded, and a matching leather jacket and belt. Saleswoman got to me at the Gucci store. So, married at 20. 
My girlfriend and I dropped acid in the mountains. She said, let's get married. And I said, let's do it. In leather pants. They still fit. I'll wear them for you one day. They look good. I was 99% sure they did look amazing on him. He was hot in clothes and out of him. The conversation got more real then. He talked about his decision to cut off his mom. I told him that I saw a shrink once a week. In the, in the tradition of trading information, he let me know what he'd been in therapy himself for six months after leaving his ex-wife. I was frankly surprised. He seemed like the least likely person. But again, I was wrong about him, which made me think a whole lot about the kinds of assumptions I made about people. So you were married twice, I asked, integrating the new knowledge. Three times, actually, he said, his tone sheepish. Wait, what? I left my first wife, then married her again, then divorced her a second time. It only lasted a month that time. Wow, that was a hard lesson for you to learn, I said. I can imagine they must have had chemistry that was off the charts. I checked myself for feelings of jealousy. They weren't there. Being older had privileges. One of them wasn't unchecked jealousy at the thought of a guy I liked with another woman. The same discussion would have eaten me alive in my early 20s. I finally got it, though. We talked about a bunch of other stuff like travel. He wanted to know when I could get away for a long weekend. We decided May would be good. Let's have breakfast, he announced at 11. Breakfast? I think I should shower, I said. Because honestly, I smell like sex, and that didn't mix with breakfast. So don't, so point me to the kitchen, he said. I'll get it ready while you shower. What? Breakfast? I honestly thought he'd been talking about going out. I figured I'd find and hit a local brunch spot. West Hollywood was full of them. He put on his robes, and he walked to my kitchen. So you said you had tea every morning. I'll make that for you if you show me what to do. I pointed to the kettle and the loose-leaf tea. Do you need... I waved at the appliances. I got it. So I let him at it. Went to shower. When I came back, there was a classic car guy in a bathrobe prowling around my kitchen. Your breakfast is ready. I hope I got the tea right. He had. Breakfast was hot and delicious. The tea was perfect. I had to wrap my mind around the fact that this man who'd only known me two months had managed to make me tea that my ex-husband had said was so complicated that he'd never managed it in all the years we'd been together. He kissed me and whipped a napkin into my lap. It was good eating with him at my kitchen breakfast bar. I once read in some book on dating that men have this moment, this moment where they make a decision about a woman. They go away, clear up what's ever in the way, then come back. It felt a lot like that kind of thing had happened. It felt like he was 100% there all of a sudden. I wanted to believe in that commitment, that he wanted to be something akin to a boyfriend or whatever one called themselves past their mid-30s. That's what I held on to when he went silent on Sunday. He left behind his bathrobe and shampoo. I'll maybe admit to huffing his bathroom like it was aerosol. I was going to wash it and fold it, but it smelled like him, so I was putting off the robe's date with the washing machine. I hadn't even told him he'd left it behind. There was so much I wanted to say, but was tired of the postmortem texting, so I decided to let it roll. Instead, I answered the texts from Mr. Irish and planned my second date with Day Trader. Mr. Irish. You never write, you never call, lol. How are you, Jolie? Did you pick your models? I'd spent last week having a photographer shoot cover models for my upcoming Undeniable trilogy. So I talked to him about the photo shoot and the show I'd been to at the Geffen Theater with Classic Car, editing him out, of course. Day Trader drove the half mile to my house and parked in my guest space. In all those hours we'd spent together last week, I must have mentioned that you could park there. You didn't walk, I asked as I opened my door and waved him in. Didn't want to keep you waiting. This guy was a freaking mystery to me. We watched The Wire and just talked. He was great to talk to. He even went grocery shopping with me and then put away the groceries. 
and all that time he never made a move. It was the oddest thing, but he was great company, so I decided I didn't need to rock that boat one single bit. Thunderbolt has an impeccable sense of timing. Whenever I wonder where this whole dating thing is going, he pops up. Every single time I talk to him, I think it's going to be the last. Thunderbolt, how's your sex life? He was all about the opener. Surprised to hear from him, I thought about why he was asking, because he'd taken an exit from mine. I started with my favorite tactic, deflection. Me? I thought about you today. How was yours? Thunderbolt? Steady stream of squirters. I had to laugh out loud, then hope that no one was reading text over my shoulder. I wavered between telling him it was a great pun, great alliteration, or mentioning the whole thing sounded messy. I didn't reply with any of those. Me? Good to know you're not alone, then. I worried about you for a hot second. Thunderbolt. You? Me? I'm trying to decide how to answer that. I figure there's a way to fuck that up such that I never get to sleep with you again. Because if I've learned nothing about Thunderbolt, it's that he's not as gangsta as he wanted or pretended to be. I wasn't in a mood for his, I'm jealous, but I'm not drama. After, a few days after I left his apartment, he'd text me about Classic Car. He was not a texter. It was completely out of character. Thunderbolt. You have another date with that guy yet? Me. Jesus. That was my unfiltered shock at him asking about another guy. I'm actually texting with that guy now. He's out of the country for a week or two visiting family and beaches. So I'll see him when he gets back. Thunderbolt. Cool. Me? I'm feeling better. Hoping you were too. Thunderbolt. Hope he's a good lay. Best to try sooner than later. Then he went radio silent when I mentioned a hookup. I assumed maybe he was jealous or being weird or something and left it at that. So his response several minutes later was a bit of a surprise. Thunderbolt. Nah, I'm into it. Tell me some dirty stuff. I'd made the mistake of taking him at his word before. I knew better than to believe he wanted details. Me? It's not that interesting. Weekly with the same guy I mentioned before, but not enough, to be honest. I thought I'd done a good dance there, answering without answering, but he called me on my bullshit with the next text. Thunderbolt, how's the sex? Me? Well, it's fine, but just kind of fine. The level of guilt I felt when typing those eight words was crushing. I liked Classic Car Guy. Really, really liked him, but the sex could have been better. I was even thinking of spending some time trying to work on it, but I hadn't quite worked out how I was going to do that yet. Classic Car Guy appeared, on the surface at least, to be full of machismo and ego. I was starting to think, though, that I'd not quite gotten him right, that my perception of him was a projection for me. The sex that was amazingly intimate and caring could also have zing. But that took familiarity and time, and I was willing to give it that. It didn't need to be like sex with Thunderbolt that was hot and satisfying right off the bat, even without a shred of intimacy. None of that was to be shared with Thunderbolt, though. He drew a quick conclusion with his next text. Thunderbolt. Boring. Me. Yeah, but other redeeming traits. So, I've been looking for someone to fill the other days, which is when I thought of you while driving today, but totally figured you were out. That part was 100% true. I was 50% sure that I wanted multiple sex partners at one time. I was 50% sure that I was trying not to fall too hard for classic car guy by seeking out other guys. Thunderbolt fit into some exception category that didn't have me cheating because he'd come before, or because classic car guy and had zero discussion about exclusivity, I think he assumed. But again, I was having a hell of a time reading him, so maybe I was seeing what wasn't there. Thunderbolt, yeah, I could go for the occasional shag. Me? There's too much driving and thinking in the city. That could totally work. Thunderbolt, I don't see why not. Me? Well then, my week is looking up. Thunderbolt, cool. Let's play it by ear. Me totes.
two years into the future and all I can say is, good grief, I have no idea in retrospect what I saw in Classic Car Guy. I mean, he was cute, but oh my God, like, I don't know, like... I don't know how much allowance to give people, to be honest. Um, if I didn't date people who didn't show up on time, I would never date anybody. Um, that's actually not true. I'd probably have dated three people, which maybe all I needed to do. You know, so I gave Classic Car Guy a lot of rope. Um, and maybe ultimately he hangs himself. I don't know. Um, I don't even know. Like, he was, he, he was totally like, Hey, I'm here. I like you. It's great. We should do things. And then he would totally disappear. And I don't know what that is. I mean, I think I mentioned that my therapist had some whole long thing that I should probably should have listened to more closely about distancers and pursuers and like running hot and cold and all that. And I frankly don't understand why a relationship can't be just even like, you know, your expectations are met. And you enjoy yourself with that person and that's it. Not all this push-pull, like, I want to see you. I can't see you. You're great. You're sexy, but I'm not going to call you. I want to call you. Why can't you meet me at the drop of the hat? Hey, I want to meet you. Hey, I'm going to be late. Hey, I'm going to stand you up. Like, it's all too much crazy. Um, And I have no desire to go down that road again. And if I obviously had to make the same choice now, I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, oh, you're cute, but you got too many fucking issues. Um, and so I probably would not have seen him past that one amazing date. Um, but it, I would not have seen him after he stood me up. I mean, and that's a boundary. See, I'm making a list. That's a boundary I have to draw. So if they're late, they're off, um, maybe by 10 minutes. I mean, nobody's made the 10 minute cutoff. They're either on time, which is all of like two of them, or well, maybe three and, or they're like, you know, 45 minutes late. And I'm like, and these people are always like from LA and I'm like, or I've lived here like more than a minute. And I'm like, the traffic is always shit. So like, how is it you can't figure out how to be on time? I can do it. And I have like a lot of shit going on. You can do it too. Um, but, uh, I need people who can like have some set of integrity, have a sense of time who can make like the low level commitment of like showing up on time and uh, doing what they say they want to do. So if they want to pursue a relationship, then they actually have to do that. It can't be like talk of pursuing a relationship and then no follow through. And uh, yeah, that that's, that's, I'm adding it to the list. Now, Thunderbolt, you know, no, let me go back skip him day trader he was actually so delightful so we watched like one or two episodes of the wire and um i it was it must have been like uh the night before my kid came back and i was out of milk and so we walked over to the store we walked over to the store and um i was i don't know i think we were sitting on the couch and he was like you're a little fidgety and i am fidgety i find it very hard to sit still and I was like, oh, you know, I think I need to get milk. And he was like, well, what time does the store close? And I was like, it's pretty late, like maybe 11. Uh, late for LA, not late for the world. And he was like, well, why don't we just go? And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be fun. And we walked over and it was fun and he's funny. And we went to the store and he like carried my bag and he honestly came back and he's like, where does the stuff go? And I was like, oh, you know, this goes in the top level of fridge. I may have bought fruit or something else too. 
and he put it all in the fridge where he folded the bag and like gave me a hug and I was like you're sweet and nice and he goes slowly which means you know whatever um and then I don't know what happened after that to be honest I'm gonna have to read along with you because I just don't remember but um he was nice and then yield thunderbolt I this guy this guy this fucking guy um you know he popped back up on the radar um so at one point maybe it comes up later in this book so thunderbolts like we the relationship that we have is like a fairly open and honest one like i i because i'm sleeping with him pretty regularly you know in the in the, in the book um we talk about like who you're sleeping with and like all the like safe sex conversations um he's pretty open and it's pretty like matter of fact and I don't really have any feelings about it but at some point you know I was asking him how he's navigated dating in LA since he's done it for years and years and years and years and years without any relationship red flag I know whatever and he like he was like the person who said take an uber which you know was totally good advice um but one of the other things he said and I don't even know if it's true because I know men do exaggerate but he said what he found was good was to have what he called a harem. I think he did use the word harem, God save us all. But what he was saying is that he, he had a regular band of people that he had sex with on a regular basis, and he thought it was a good idea to, like, sort of spread it out. And um, I, I didn't, well, I don't know if I took him up on it. You can make your own judgment about that. But I didn't think it was a bad idea. Um, I guess maybe that way he doesn't get too attached to any one person. I don't know. Um, but it was interesting. So I imagine when he texted me that whoever else was in his harem had had some fall off and he needed to fill the gaps to keep his sex life active. Um, you know, this is the guy with the hundred roll of condoms on the shelf. So like clearly it's very active. And, um, I will say this. So I was reading one of those books about relationships and they were like, are you like with, with, spending time with an unavailable guy who's really good at sex and I was thinking yeah and and the author was like well maybe they're really good at it because they're having a whole lot of it with a whole lot of people and I thought you know what maybe that's true um and so you know that is what it is um but as I always say, like most of the people in this book, I like have no ill will or bad feelings about, and they're lovely and delightful people, but obviously not available for our relationship. And now that I think I am emotionally available and like ready, um, none of these people qualify, no matter how cute they may be. I'm Jolie Moore, and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at xojoliemore and on all social media at the same handle, xojoliemore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.